Welcome to season two, episode 15 of The Mentor's Voice. Chris Borman, president of Markentum, a digital marketing agency focused on aging services. And I am joined by Christy Kramer from Leading Age. Christy, it is great to be back doing this intro with you here today. Who is our mentor that we are going to be hearing from? Uh, so, Chris, this is actually one of my friends from uh, way back, actually, Megan McMahon. Uh, Megan actually went to Cornell University, so that's my alma mater, as you guys all know. Um, and do we do we know that? Are we yeah, sure? That, I think everyone knows I'm a go big red person, right? Cornell? Um, is that? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. I, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was the first time, but, you know. Yep. So nope. Megan, Megan uh, hails from the Big Red School as well. So we had a lot of in common. And when we we learned this, probably about ten years ago, we uh, we started connecting and learning about our journey in aging services. Uh, right now, Megan is actually the director of strategic development for Link Senior, which is a wonderful organization that develops uh, activities, uh, online learning, things like that for older adults. Uh, she has also for many years been the founder and director of her own consulting uh, organization. And she's done really interesting work on social impact and governance and grant writing. So she has such a great background uh, with such interesting work that she's done in aging services. She's also has her uh, master's of social work from uh, University of Michigan, which is another well-renowned school for the pro- that program. So Megan uh, is a great individual, and I was so excited to welcome her onto the podcast. Awesome. And it is, of course, great to hear Derek as our student interviewer. Uh, Derek is moving on, so I don't know how many more interviews we've got left with him, but he's been a great part of the Mentors Voice family. So we're super thankful for his contribution and uh, love love his uh, just the opportunity that he takes to ask some great questions and uh, talk to Megan. So with all that being said, we hope that you enjoy The Mentor's Voice Season 2, Episode 15, featuring Megan McMahon. Hi, Derek. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Can you hear me okay? I can, yes. Uh, so my name is Megan McMahon. Uh, I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. I I have four brothers and one sister, and growing up, I lived about 10 minutes away from my grandparents uh, on my dad's side, and so I developed a really close relationship uh, with them in my childhood and young adulthood, and so I would say that really my work in senior living over the last 10 years has been like a love letter uh, to my grandparents and just an appreciation for how much uh, their love and encouraged me encouragement shaped me as a person. Um, And so because of that close relationship with them, I was drawn to experiences that allowed me to engage with older adults from a really young age. And in high school, I volunteered at a local nursing home. And I did the same in college when I was a student at Cornell University. And at Cornell, while I was doing that volunteer work is when I first heard uh, the famous Dr. Bill Thomas speak. And it really helped me understand that the traditional medicalized model of care for older adults was harmful and that uh, options like the Eden Alternative and Greenhouse Project offered a promising alternative to that. 
And so I was inspired by this idea of, of culture change and decided to write my senior honors thesis on how the Greenhouse Project was deinstitutionalizing care nationwide. And so as an English and sociology major at Cornell, I was able to write that thesis and it won top honors in the sociology department, which I was really excited about. And uh, it was from that point, senior year, that I decided I really wanted to attend graduate school for social work. And specifically, I wanted to find a program that allowed me to specialize in aging. And so I ended up earning my MSW from the University of Michigan School of Social Work, and they had an excellent and still have an excellent geriatric scholar program that I participated in. And that program gave me the opportunity to do two wonderful internships. Uh, one was with the Presbyterian Villages of Michigan at um, in Detroit. And then the second was at Generations United in Washington, D.C. So it was those two internship experiences that really confirmed that the aging field was for me and that that's what I wanted to focus my professional life on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. I resonate a lot uh, with what you said about your grandparents because they're also the reason why I got into things. Um, and I think more so now um, that I'm you know, finishing up master, my master's and, and getting a little older, that I've come to really appreciate what they've done so, for me so much more. And I'm really looking forward to spending more time with them, um, you know, coming home from spring break. Um, and I'll just to point, I also uh, interned at PVM last uh, oh, summer. Um, so that's really nice. And, and that also really reaffirmed, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing because I, I got to live on site and you know, I got to visit all the communities and it was a really great experience. Um, and, I really hope that you know those internship opportunities are available to more people because I think that's really how we get more younger people to join the sector. Oh, absolutely. I think the opportunity to be in the field working one-on-one -on -one with older adults and staff members, but at the same time having the opportunity to work with leadership, for me, that just, it helped me understand what I wanted to do professionally and, and helped guide me. So I'm so grateful for that. And to return to what you said about grandparents, I would also just say that, you know, when I was younger, I thought, oh, everyone has this experience or relationship with their grandparents. And now that I'm older, I realize, wow, what a gift to have that connection and experience. It's really, it's not the norm. Uh, so I am very grateful. Absolutely. I would definitely not be the person I am today if I had just been raised by my parents and not had my grandparents in the picture. So very grateful for that experience. Um, can you tell me more about your experience with starting your own consultancy and how those skills have helped you in your career and your current role? Absolutely. Uh, so after I moved from Michigan, after the graduate program to Washington, D.C., I had the opportunity to work with two incredible organizations. So the first was the National Pace Association. And then the second was the Greenhouse Project. Um, so during those years working in the nonprofit world, I met incredibly passionate people doing wonderful work to support older adults and their care partners. So it was really inspiring. And at the time, I thought I was going to transition out of that world of nonprofits and head back to school to work on a PhD in public policy and aging services. 
Instead, though, life had a different path in mind for me. So I decided to launch a consulting business. And the idea behind the business was to really support organizations that were serving older adults and their care partners nationally. But very specifically, I wanted to focus on grant writing and management so I could help those organizations learn how to secure funding that would sustain the really important work that they were doing. And so that's one of the reasons I like to think of myself as a social impact consultant, uh, so that I was really providing support to these organizations so that they could sustain what they were doing in the field. Um, And that was really rewarding to wake up every day and have the opportunity to do that. But at the same time, I didn't have a degree in business. Uh, So launching the consulting firm took a lot of personal research and education And also just reaching out to my network at the time to ask other business owners for advice. And it was surprising because I didn't think that they would be willing to help me uh, and share their best practices, but they were, and they really wanted me to succeed. So I've done my best to pay it forward. And I've tried to help other women who are about to launch their own business or have just started a business and just share those tips and best practices that were shared with me um, because I just so appreciated that. And I want to be able to provide that same support to other, other folks. So, so I've learned from my consulting business that there are some key things to remember when you're running a company, right? So first I would say your reputation is everything. So you have to make sure you aren't burning bridges and that you're always bringing your most professional self to your work with your clients So for instance, being on time is really important. It shows that you respect the person you're meeting with and their time. And I'd also say that I've learned to really under-promise and over-deliver. So often in the business world, we want to just offer the moon to our clients, but when in fact we're biting off more than we can chew, and then you fall short. So so definitely err on the side of of, um, delivering excellent work, but uh, making sure you know your boundaries and limits as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And a follow-up question to that is, you know, starting a consultancy and starting a business, how do you get your foot in the door? You know, how do you start to work with organizations and get them to trust you and trust in your work? Yes. So this, I would say it was really helpful for me to have built a strong network in Washington, D.C. And so when I was first looking for clients, I was able to reach out to some of the folks in my network to share with them my resume and to just have a conversation with them about whether their organization was looking for assistance in the particular areas I was focusing on. And once you have those one or two key clients And then you start building a portfolio of projects, it becomes much easier to approach new clients and organizations and really point to uh, the successful projects that you've helped other clients on. So I do know it's tough in the beginning to get those first one or two clients, but once you do and you're really over that initial uh, obstacle, you really start gaining momentum. And that's where, you know, building this reputation is so important because those clients will tell other clients and I didn't end up having to do much marketing because really through word of mouth, happy clients were telling other people uh, in the industry what I was doing and working on. They would approach me, which was a great feeling. That's great. That's awesome. Um, So can you tell me about your current organization and role? Um, And you touched upon this before, but what you do um, and why you do it. Yes. Yes. So one of my first uh, consulting clients was Linked Senior. 
And so that is the organization I am currently working with. And I met Charles D. Vilmorin at the Aging 2.0 Washington, D.C. chapter that I volunteered with. And he is the Link Senior CEO and co-founder. And at the time I met him, I was just so impressed with his passion for making sure older adults and senior living can find meaning and purpose every day. And also his commitment to providing these care partners with access to free education and resources to really help them deliver on this promise of providing meaningful resident engagement. So last November, I decided to join the Link Senior team full-time as their Director of Strategic Development. And just to give folks an idea, Link Senior enhances life in senior communities, and they do do that by building simple and evidence-based solutions to bring person-centered experiences to older adults and their care partners. So our technology is really focused on engagement and connection and a celebration of individuality. And I'm also really excited about some of these important initiatives that we are leading. So the first being since 2017, we have led the Old People Are Cool campaign uh, to fight the harmful ageism that pervades our communities. And so I'll be talking about that campaign this July, actually, at the Pioneer Network Conference. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then, you know, when the pandemic started in March 2020, we decided to launch the Activity Strong Initiative, which was really a way to acknowledge and educate and empower activity and life enrichment professionals in senior living communities. And through this initiative, we're providing free continuing education credits and resources to these professionals, again, so they can provide all residents with that meaningful engagement. And as part of Activity Strong, I'm helping co-produce our webinar series. It's a free webinar series, and it includes a monthly executive edition webinar. So that's specifically for these senior living community executives. And we run this in partnership with the Bridge the Gap podcast team. And so these webinars that we're doing have cutting edge speakers in the industry, and they're discussing these topics that are top of mind for executives, like occupancy and staffing. So that's just a handful of the projects that we're working on that I am just, I'm so happy to be a part of this team and and what they're doing and the mission and vision of Link Senior. So thank you. Those initiatives sound really great. I, I love how it's really providing, you know, just a wealth of resources for people yes. um, to learn more and, and you know, utilize those resources and, and develop projects and plans and initiatives for their organization. So thank you for that. Um, what are some of the most important things you've learned in your career journey? And you know, maybe there are some things that you wish you could have done differently as well. And so what would those be? Absolutely. So, you know, first I'd really just encourage folks to be a connector, right? So one thing I found so rewarding, both with my consulting and then my work with Link Senior, is that it's national work. And so it allows you to work with so many different organizations and people every single day. And many of those people don't know one another. And so you can make introductions across these different silos, and that can result in these really powerful partnerships And it leads to positive change for older adults and their care partners. So be the person that's making those connections and those introductions, and you're just going to to see the impact and the ripple effect that that has, which is amazing. And, um, you know, one thing I wish I would have done differently 
is to be more open to just admitting when I don't know the answer or, you know, if I still have more to learn and not, not thinking that I need to come to the table knowing everything. Uh, so, you know, one way I'm trying to be better at that is to find opportunities for ongoing education. Uh, you know, since I'm no longer on a university campus or having these structured, formalized classroom opportunities. And so last year I was able to participate in Cornell's virtual women's entrepreneurship certificate program, which was just such an incredible experience because I was able to both learn important skills for my business, but also for my professional development. And then also they had these networking opportunities. And so I was talking to women all across the globe um, and able to ask them questions and learn from all of them. And had I been able to do a certificate program like that, when I kicked off my consulting business, it would have been, it would have made such a, a big difference. I'm glad I eventually got there to take it. And I'm encouraging people that I talk to to take it as well. But um, yeah, don't be afraid to say you don't know something and, and find opportunities to continue to learn, I would say. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I really agree with your first point of, you know, connecting people. And so although I'm still a student, I've really made it to where I am now because of my network and my connections and, and, and leaders in the field who were so, you know, happy to connect me with other people. Yes. And, uh, you know, it started with just one connection with Christy. And from there on, I've met so many different people um, in the sector who have been you know, happy to speak with me, happy to, you know, mentor me. And so I try my best to connect, you know, those leaders with other students who are interested in the field, or maybe even leaders with other leaders who I who I know are working on similar things or similar initiatives, and definitely going to be something that I continue to do as I develop in my career. Uh, so yes, thank you for sharing Such an early start. So that's excellent. <laughs> Uh, what advice would you provide to students and young leaders that are looking to get involved in the senior living industry, um, who may be thinking about a career pivot or change, or, or just simply want to learn more? You know, it might sound kind of unusual, but sometimes the first step into this industry is cold calling leaders that you admire, I would say. So my first job out of graduate school was the result of one of those cold calls to a leader I admired. And with a company that I felt a connection to based on their mission and values. And so I think if you approach that conversation, when you make it with curiosity and appreciation and respect for the person who's giving you their time, um, you can really launch your professional career on a sturdy foundation. Because as you said, that connection will then connect you to other people. And it just, you're, you're, your network expands from there. And, you know, before you know it, you have this, um, I would say support network and, and kind of the folks that are going to cheer you on as you continue to develop in your professional career. And so, yeah, so that's, that's what I would, uh, say in terms of advice. And that has definitely helped me a lot when I first you know started getting into things, just sent out a whole bunch of emails and whoever would return my calls, I'd be very grateful to because I learned so much from them. And that's really how I developed my network and, and, and people who would support me um, in what I do and knowing that, you know, if I have any questions, there are multiple people I could reach out to. And, and that's made me felt very secure and, you know, making the transition 
to senior living because I know that there's people who are willing to help, that there's people who are willing to connect me with others um, and just, just mentor me and, and make it easier for someone who is making that switch. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I would just say then, you know, too, now that you're going to be able to pay that forward with future leaders. And so one of the best feelings I've had is when I started to get those cold calls. <laughs> and so I was so ready to have that conversation and really um, support the young leaders that were then coming to me and, and asking for, you know, that guidance and, you know, that have me in that role to, to support them. And I was just really willing to do that and excited about it. So. Absolutely. And I, and I'm looking forward to that day as well, because I realized that uh, networking and connections is such a, is maybe the most powerful thing in this industry is, you know, having those connections and having those people to connect to and talk to and everyone being so open to do so. Um, And so when I made the switch to senior living, it was just, I felt cared for. I, I felt people really, really wanted me here and they, they, they wanted to talk to me, uh, to convince me to make that full switch. And, and, I, and that's exactly what I did. Uh, yeah, so. I'm a bit biased, but I would say that our industry is very unique in, in what you're uh, sharing about just how open they are and how passionate they are and how willing they are to engage with you. And I am grateful every day to be a part of a community like that because I, I just don't think other industries are are the same so absolutely um so do you have any final parting advice or words for our viewers i would just conclude by saying that i i think there's this growing cohort of young leaders in this country that are really eager uh to build upon the work and the dedication of the seasoned leaders that are already in the aging field But these emerging leaders, they really can't reach that full potential in the field without guidance from mentors, right? And so first, I want to just thank all the individuals I've met over the past 10 years who have so willingly mentored me. And I know that my company, as I built it, it would not exist had it not been for those numerous mentors that encouraged my entrepreneurship and answered my questions as I pursued the small business ownership. And so I would just say also, let's, let's remember that mentorship, it, it goes both ways, right? So there's benefits both for the mentor and the mentee. So really, we should approach this as understanding it's a two-way street. Both parties are really going to benefit from it. So how can we all work together to make sure that these opportunities for mentorship are just they're available far and wide, you know, so that everyone has the opportunity to engage either on the mentee or the mentor side. And, you know, I think Christy and you and the leading age team, they're just doing great work to try to make that a reality. And I, I want to support that in any way I can. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. And I, I really agree with that as I really strive to have, you know, all of my mentor relationships be very much give and take um, rather than just take, because, you know, I think to have a really great, you know, relationship uh, a networking relationship is you're, you're providing something because you're getting something in return and you're always making yourself available for whatever it is. And that's how I've really gotten involved in this. And, you know, I've gotten involved in a lot of things in leading age because 
Christy has given so much to me and I, I want to be able to give back as well. And I want to be able to do my part and you know, make myself useful. Um, so. Well, I'm just so excited to, to hear from students like you who are this next generation. And it just makes me really optimistic for the future and excited for the future. So <laughs> congratulations on all your work. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for your time with us today uh, on The Mentor's Voice. We really, really appreciate your time. And I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Derek. I did as well. Thanks so much. Leading Age, the trusted voice in aging, in partnership with Markentum, a marketing agency focused on the field of aging, is excited to present you with The Mentor's Voice. We believe that conversation between our field's mentors and the next generation of students and young professionals is vital for the ongoing success in the field of aging. Each episode of the Mentor's Voice podcast will feature a student or young professional interviewing a mentor. Through this conversation, the Mentor's Voice gives us all an opportunity to learn from each other, new and seasoned alike. Well, thanks everyone for listening to season two, episode 15 with Megan McMahon. And as always, we love to hear about what's happening in the world of leading age. So Christy, what great fun news do you have for us? Well, two big things. One, if you are currently in the field uh, and you are a leader in our field looking for more opportunities, check out the Leadership Academy. Many of the individuals we've had on the Mentor's Voice have participated in the Leading Age Leadership Academy. As a former uh, fellow at the of the Academy, I can't say enough about that experience and the network you develop. So that application is live and closes on August 1st. So don't miss that opportunity. And then for students who are our full-time students out there and are interested in going to our annual meeting in Denver, where Chris and I will be. Woo-hoo. Yeah. The mentor's voice would be there. Yep. Yeah. And you'll get the opportunity to apply for a scholarship. And our scholarship application is also live now. Uh, and you have until, I believe it's the first week of September to apply for a full scholarship to attend our meeting. And that full scholarship can include hotel, flight, and registration. Uh, we also have just scholarships just for the registration as well. So you can get almost a fully paid trip to Denver and have a great opportunity to network and learn more uh, if you just apply for this scholarship. So check them out on leadingage.org. In the words of the younger generation, get that bag. Meet us out there in Colorado and Denver it is going to be a great time. We look forward to connecting with you and seeing you and um, hopefully doing some fun in-person stuff with the mentor's voice. So speaking of course, always a great opportunity to share. We are on social media. Also, you can visit our website, thementorsvoice.com, where you can connect to a variety of podcast platforms like Apple, Google, and Spotify. And also obviously follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram, where we will continue to post updates about upcoming episodes, and you can just stay connected. If you are a student and you're interested in being an interviewer, reach out to us, let us know. And if you are listening and you are someone who has had a great journey in the world of aging services, we would love to talk to you about being a mentor and being interviewed on our show. So thanks again so much for listening and We will connect with you soon.